After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. I got new headphones today. I feel like a new person. I was so excited. My new tools. Well, I got to make sure this stuff's working right. Very gentle here. I hear nice and clearly. I can hear all you guys nice and loud now. There should be no more excuse. What? What'd you say? Anyway, look, we still are thinking about Demar Hamlin, of course, and it's great to hear that things seem to be trending in the right direction, which I think that's all that you could hope for at this point. Hope that it continues to get better for him, and then the NFL can start to get excited about the most important part, the most fun part of their season as we look ahead to Week 18. And with our teams here, you know, two different teams or two different directions totally with each. And obviously the Jets are out of it, but still with the quarterback situation and, you know, playing a division rival, trying to knock them out, there is still something to play for. But with the Giants, you look at as now, and you heard all the comments, and obviously everybody's got a heavy heart and thinking about Hamlin and hoping he's okay. It's not just the Giants and Brian Dable. It's not just the Bills. It's everybody, everybody in the NFL, all of the football fans across the country. But you start to get excited now about week 18, assuming that they're going to, you know, that Hamlin's going to get better and that the the games are going to be played here. And you look at the Giants in comparison to what happened in 2007. And I really do think it's a fascinating question to whether or not they should play their starters. Now, a, a big part of me thinks that you cannot risk injury in a game that doesn't mean anything for you. I get that it's a division rival. I get that you want to prove that you go out there and beat Philadelphia and you want to have that momentum. And I'm open to that thought process of playing your starters full bore and going you know, hard at it. But God forbid something happen with Daniel Jones. You know, this team, uh, there, there really isn't a team that's going to overcome a, an injury to their starting quarterback, especially at this point. But this team is all about Daniel Jones. And I know it's been a little bit of Saquon Barkley, too, as he's had a terrific year, but you get the point. With those two running the football the way that they have and making plays and protecting the football, that's their only chance. And it's so fragile, especially with these two guys. Maybe if they weren't off injured, you know, Eli Manning was an Iron Man. A little bit different to play him in a game that, you know, you don't really need to close out the season. You want to send a message and go prove that you could beat or compete with the Patriots. The way that that worked out in 2007 was perfect for the Giants. I don't, I don't think that's the norm. I think it just worked out where it was the perfect storm. Coughlin, the right head coach, going against an undefeated team, wanted to have that that belief that they could go out there and play hard and finish strong and roll into the postseason as a wild card, and they did exactly that. Then they go out there and win you know, all those games that nobody really expected them to do and, of course, end up meeting up with that same Patriots team. And because they played hard and played them close, they had belief that they could win that game. And sure enough, they did. 
I don't think it's the same situation here with Philadelphia, although you can be sold on the positives, right? If I just, if I tell you, and we've talked about this with the Giants, you know, for a while now, where, yeah, they're a playoff team, and yeah, it's been a great run. This, you know, they've had a terrific season and a nice capper with Daniel Jones playing his best game and going out there and taking care of the Colts easily at MetLife, giving the fans something they deserved after dealing with the slop that we've seen, and even beyond slop, that we've seen for the last five years, whatever it's been, more than that. So you have that nice season, but you look at this team, and at least I do, and think that there are limitations there to what they could do in the postseason. Now, maybe you want to match up with the Vikings, sure, but... You know, even a matchup with the Vikings, which may be the easiest on the board, it doesn't mean that the Giants are going to win that game. I mean, Minnesota did beat the Giants. I know the Giants came close and, you know, last-second field goal, whatever, but the Giants lost the game. So the idea that we look at the Giants based off of what they've done right now to date in the regular season, you look at them like, eh, all right, really nice regular season as far as getting to the postseason, exceeding all expectations, Beyond exceeding all expectations. But what damage can they do? Now, imagine this. They go out there on Sunday. Dable says, you know, whether it's later on today, tomorrow, whatever, we're playing the starters. We're going to try to win this game. A, I know that would fire up Giant fans because they've seen it before and they've seen it work in 2007. B, what if they go out there and beat the Philadelphia Eagles who need this game? Assuming Jalen Hurts starts. And Philadelphia going to go give it their best shot. If the Giants go out there and compete with Philadelphia and stay with them or potentially even beat Philadelphia, think of how you'd feel about this team after that win going in to the wild card weekend the following week. I, Me personally, I would, I think I'd start to become a more of a believer. Because if they beat Philadelphia, who pretty much all year long has been the best team in the NFC, they may not finish with the best record, especially if the Giants beat them. Maybe the Niners would have the top seed. But Philadelphia's been the most consistent, most dominant team in the NFC pretty much all year long. And if the Giants could show that they can beat them, not only would that give some maybe doubters or, or realists. I don't even want to say I'm a doubter because I'm not. I'm just a realist with the Giants. Maybe that would give us a different perspective, and maybe it would give the team, although I think they're a pretty confident group anyway, maybe it would give the team even more confidence knowing that they could go out there and beat anybody on any given day. I mean, that is a possibility. I don't expect it to happen. The Giants are two touchdown underdogs, and that would be an indicator that they're not going to play their starters, which I totally get. However, there is something to be said about the idea of going out there and trying to show that you can compete and beat one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the NFC, because that is not something the Giants have done this year, which is why we look at them and say, okay, well, they're a solid playoff team, but are they a team that's really going to be able to beat the Cowboys, beat the Niners, beat the Eagles? And one of the reasons why everybody wants Minnesota from a Giants perspective, why they want Minnesota, why do you think? 
because they showed that they could compete with them because they could have and maybe should have beaten Minnesota in Minnesota. That's the lone reason. If they lost that game 28-10 to and Minnesota handled the Giants with ease, you think everybody would be saying, oh, I can't wait to match up with Minnesota. If you could pick one team, that would be the one. No. The reason why people are saying they want Minnesota is because they saw the Giants compete against Minnesota and almost beat them and could have beat them. So that would give me a thought. That would give me reason to want to play my starters. So I was kind of torn on it. But I guess ultimately, and this is where I would differ with Brian Dable. Brian Dable has to believe that his team can go out there and beat anybody. I do not. I'm on the outside looking in. I don't have to have that belief. And right now, based on everything that I've seen, I don't think the Giants could go beat the Philadelphia Eagles. But Dable should. And if he believes that they could and want to really test where you're at, then I think they need to play the starters. Now, you could also play the starters and go full bore and not be reckless. And that is something that, you know, Daniel Jones has had to learn and had to improve on. And I think he's done a, a solid job of it this year. He's still, you know, he's still tough as nails and wants to fight for every yard and, you know, wants to put his head down and make sure he gets that first down and all those different things. But he's also going to put himself in harm's way by doing that. So you got to be smart. And in this particular spot, you know, when you're playing just to prove yourself against the top team, when you're, you know, playing hard knowing that there's really nothing standings-wise to play for going into the wild card round. You have to be even smarter. And there are play calls that you can take out that would maybe put Daniel Jones in harm's way. Little things like that. Uh, again, I know that's kind of half-weighing it too, right? Well, why bother playing all your starters if you're not going to go with a full playbook, if you're not going to go out there and try to just you know be the best team that you could be? That's why That's what makes it an interesting discussion to me. And I certainly understand the idea of, hey, why risk it? You're in the postseason. There's nothing to mess around with. Give Daniel Jones a week off. I mean, maybe you want to play him a quarter and get him out of there. Treat it like a preseason game. Give Barkley a breather and know that you have everybody fresh going on the wild card round against likely Minnesota or whatever, you know, whatever the matchup may be. It doesn't matter. You want to have your guys healthy. I understand that logic. But I do think that there is more. And look, I trust Dable to make this decision. I don't know how much of it he's going to rely on what happened in the past in 2007. Like I said, that was just the perfect storm. But I do trust Dable to make the right decision for this team, for his team that he knows so well. Another thing that I would be careful of is ruining momentum. Remember, the Giants have struggled here over the last several weeks. They have not played outside of the Colts game in particular, they have not played great football, even in some of the games that they've won. They were fortunate in Washington. Again, got the win, but they were fortunate to get that win. You had the tie. Even the game, the win against the Texans was not all that impressive. And then, of course, getting you know hammered by the Lions and losing to the Eagles and the Cowboys. We, we've, we've gone over all those games. But if you're Brian Dable... Do you want to keep the momentum going off of that big win last week against Indianapolis at home 
and ride with your guys and say, all right, let's go. Let's finish out strong. Let's go show the Eagles what we got. You know, if I were doing a pros and cons list, I I feel like there are a lot more. The only con, obviously, is the potential injuries, right? The only con to starting your or playing your starters is potential injury. And it's a big one, but it's the only one. Whereas the only pro in not playing your starters is keeping guys healthy. There's a lot longer list of pros by playing your starters. Injuries are a part of football. I mean, it's just a part of sports, period. And I know football, it's a a lot more likely due to the nature of the sport, the violence, the contact, and all that stuff. Obviously, that's been front and center this week with DeMar Hamlin. But injuries could happen at any time. And I, I feel like, and maybe it is because we lived through 2007 and saw Coughlin do it. I know it's different. I know Daniel Jones is not Eli Manning. But I I feel like the right move is to go full bore. Now, like I said, if you were to tell me that I know the Giants are going to get smoked anyway by the Eagles, even if they went full bore, then obviously why risk it? But is that the message that you want to send? I don't think Dable's going to want to send that message to his team saying that, hey, you know, we know we're not going to beat this team anyway. Might as well rest, guys. If you believe you have a chance to beat Philadelphia, you can compete with Philadelphia and help your team's confidence going into the postseason, feel good about yourselves. I mean, I think that that's something you have to strongly, strongly consider. We get set for Week 18 on this Thursday morning on The Fan, and we'll get into Robert Sala and his strong comments about Zach Wilson. And my only issue there, and you guys know, if you've been listening, that I'm a believer in in giving Zach Wilson a chance. I don't even know if I could say I'm a believer in Zach Wilson at this point. I'm a believer in giving him another opportunity to show that he's the guy. Sounds like Robert Sala is too, but is he being truthful? Does Sala really believe what he's saying, or does he feel like there's no choice? And are we at a spot again with the Jets where we're talking about a potential coaching change? I mean, that's where we're at now with the Jets. Unfortunately, after two years of Sala and Wilson, we're at a a spot where the discussion is going to come up, win or lose Sunday, is it time for a new head coach and a new quarterback? And even though I don't think Sala is the best head coach or was the best head coach hire, I mean, man, you got to be crazy to change it again after just two years. I don't think that that is impossible, though. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
Sal kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Add this to your New Year's resolutions. Win money in 2023 with Superbook Sports. Superbook has over three decades of sports wagering experience in Las Vegas, so you'll get the best odds anywhere as we head into the football playoffs. Plus, check out their special odds, boosts, and promotions at Superbook.com. Make 2023 the year when you win money from Vegas. Download the Superbook Sports app now and place your bets. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler, 877-337-6666. Before we get to the calls, the rumblings that you're starting to hear is that there is a possibility that Woody Johnson will step in and possibly make a change with the head coach. Now, while I don't think Sala is... I don't want to... It's very hard to say this because it's impossible to evaluate a head coach, a quarterback, after just two years. And I think it would be a mistake to a certain extent to make that rash decision and fire Sala and move on from Zach Wilson and change course yet again with a highly dysfunctional organization. And I think that that starts at the top generally. However, if you were to tell me that, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, if you were to tell me that John Harbaugh was available... And wants to get back, uh, excuse me, Jim Harbaugh wants to get back into uh, coaching in the NFL. And Jim Harbaugh becomes available, and the Jets say, hey, we want our guy. No no more messing around. We like Sala. He was a good guy. You know what? It's not working, and we feel like we're at a spot now where we can win now. We want a no doubt about it. Proven NFL head coach. Then go get Jim Harbaugh. That's not something I could argue with. However, if they go fire Robert Sala, and go anywhere really but Harbaugh or, say, Sean Payton, and I have a hard time thinking Sean Payton would come to the Jets, if they make that move without getting legitimate, known, proven winners, it is a terrible mistake. And you just don't trust Woody Johnson. At least I wouldn't. I don't know if this week's game has anything to do with the future of the Jets. And it shouldn't. Robert Sala should no doubt be given a third year. They let Joe Douglas hire him, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know the inner workings there, but I'm assuming Joe Douglas wanted to hire Robert Sala. If he wanted somebody else and ownership said, no, hire this guy, then that's on them. And then there's nothing you can do about that. Then if I'm Joe Douglas, I say, get me the hell out of here. I need to make a decision on my own here because I want to win. Yeah, the money is nice, but my reputation's on the line, and I want to be a winner. So let me make the hire. Anyway, you cannot make that rash decision. Robert Sala's done nothing to deserve getting fired after two years. Now, he's done nothing to show me that he's going to be a great head coach in two years, but he's done nothing to show me that he should be fired after two years. The Jets need to stay the course here one more one more year at least with Sala and Wilson, and see if they have something there with that combination. And if not, then at the end of year three, depending on how the results you know, may be, if they don't make the postseason, you want to make a change, fine. I don't necessarily agree with that either because you can't just keep changing head coaches and quarterbacks every two, three years. That That's a disaster. You can't keep doing that. If it's for the right guy, fine. I said this years ago with the Atlanta Falcons, who I grew up rooting for, of course. If... They were going to fire Mike Smith at the time, who was the winningest head coach in franchise history. 
If they were going to fire him, and the knock on him was that he couldn't win in the postseason, right? He only won one or two games, whatever it was. But he couldn't. They didn't think he was the guy to get them to the next level. I said, "All right, you're going to you fire him. You better hire Jim Harbaugh. You better hire a no Bill Cowher. Like, go get. And this is obviously going back years. You better go get the known commodity. And they didn't. They went and hired Dan Quinn, who was a worse head coach." Then Mike Smith, even though he took him to a Super Bowl, he took him to the Super Bowl and had the worst loss in the history of the sport hung on him. So you you better be careful when you make those decisions. Now, Robert Sala has not had the, the background in this particular uh, comparison to, that Mike Smith did. He didn't have all that success. However, it's just year two. you got to give a guy a fair chance. I feel like this call screen has been moved way back here. What's going on? Reggie is calling from Newark. What's up, Reggie? Hey, Sal. How you doing? How are you, Reggie? All right, I usually call you about the Yankees, but I'm a big Giants fan. I just wanted to ask you, because you're Atlanta, you're Atlanta Falcons fan, but let's say if Atlanta won the first place and they had a bye, you wouldn't want them to take that bye? To rest uh, their well, yeah, I, I think it's different if you have an actual bye. I mean, it, and it's yeah, also but, but each, Sal, each, circumstance, Sal, each circumstance is different. Yeah, but Sal, this team earned a bye. It's, it's un- unbelievable. They have nothing to prove. They had nothing at the beginning of the year. They came to a point where they beat teams. They did what they had to do with with no 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 players, no no receivers. Well, they don't no have goals. a buy. I mean, they didn't earn a buy. They're not going to be the right, top seed. The team that they're playing might earn like a buy. Yeah, but Sal, I'm saying it's almost like they earned a buy by the way they set in that sixth place. They, they really don't have to play in Why would they start their starters now? They have nothing to prove. Sal. Well, I told I you why. I, I think they do have something to prove. Do you think they could beat the Eagles? Here's the deal. They, they why, why show the Eagles who you are now? Yeah, but that, well, like that, that's not the question. It. My question was, do you think they could beat the Eagles? I think they can. Well, based yes. on what? They play their game? And, and, well, and, they played and their game last they, time they played Philadelphia. How'd that work out? They got spanked. Okay, so, they so, got spanked. So, that's the case. so they do that's have something the case. to prove. That, that makes my argument. Why would you play them then? If you, if you, so you want to, you want to show that you can well, beat them. Well, let me let me ask you, and I know the answer to this. I, I know the answer to this, Reggie. Why wouldn't you play them? I wouldn't want to play them because I want to rest my starters. Right. I want to tell my starters. Because you're afraid of them getting hurt. No, no, it's not just that. It's the fact that listen, we played good enough to almost have like a, a considered bye week. So all we gotta do is just we we play our second secondary players whatever, but we ready for that next week. If we take a chance and somebody get hurt, he gonna look like a fool. Yeah, I mean, for, but but injuries happen. Me, Injury injuries happen in football. What happens if they get I hurt in practice? That. I mean, but Sal, they yeah. don't have to play this game. It's, it's, even if, well, that's why season, that's why it's a discussion. You saw what happened in two thousand seven. What if they used your attitude in two thousand seven and said, "Hey, we don't have to play the starters in this game." Then what? that was a different situation. They couldn't. They couldn't let that team go and not try to to, to, to stop that that record. But besides, one last thing I want to say to you: mm-hmm. What do they have to prove? They already proved. I just that told you. To make- they 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 proved that they're a playoff team. They haven't proved anything beyond that. They they have a lot to prove. So so they they play this game against the Eagles. They lose and somebody get hurt. Then what? Yeah, but you're thinking worst case scenario. What happens if they go out not, there and win? Really. What 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 if they I'm beat the Eagles? Then what? What? It, how good it, would you feel if they it, played the starters so and beat the Eagles? The top side of winning means what? Okay, we got a, we got we on a winning streak. Who, who do you want to see in the postseason? What's the matchup that you want in the wild card round in the postseason? They, 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 listen, they can play any of them. Well, I know, but who I do you want? Play, I want to play Dallas. 
Oh, why do you want to play Dallas? Dallas beat you twice, once with a backup quarterback. I'm a giant fan. Right. But so I love you, man. No, you know I, I, I appreciate the call, Reggie. I think it's a good back and forth. I mean, that's the conversation. You don't have to agree with my opinion. And by the way, I'm I'm back and forth on it. I understand what you're saying, but you can't say it the way that you did. You're saying that the Giants played well enough to earn themselves a bye. They did not. The Giants are a six seed. That's not a bye. There's a big difference. They have a football game to play, and then they have another one to play after that wild card round. If you want to say you're worried about Daniel Jones getting hurt, And I don't even think this would be a discussion if it weren't for the two biggest pieces to the Giants being off injured with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. But look what Tom Coughlin did. Yeah, it is a different circumstance. I understand that. But it worked to perfection, and they won a Super Bowl because of it. And you could paint the, well, what if they get blown out and somebody gets hurt? Yeah, well, then that's bad. But what if they go out there and blow out the Eagles or beat the Eagles? Then how would you feel? How are they going to feel about themselves? I'll tell you how they'd feel. If the Giants go out there and play hard and play their starters, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts coming back, who's had limited practice, let's say he comes back, and they beat Philadelphia, they're going to feel like they can beat anybody. And that's a great thing to have going into the wild card round. You want that feeling going into the postseason. Now, if you let your foot off the gas and play your backups, you're taking away the momentum that you had from the Colts. Sure, you're staying healthy. You would assume because injuries can happen during the bye week, as we've learned with the Giants. Or anybody else. I mean, it could happen at any time. But let's just say you stay you stay healthy, but you lose that momentum. Then you go out there and maybe you're flat against Minnesota or whoever it may be, or against the Niners. You don't want the Niners. That would be a bad matchup. Now, it's likely not going to be San Francisco because we would expect them to beat Arizona. Fleeks, that's the only way it could be San Fran, right, is if they lose and Minnesota wins. Minnesota's on the road in Chicago, so you expect Minnesota could win that game, but who knows, no Justin Fields in that game either. Not that it matters because the Bears absolutely suck. But the Niners would have to lose to the Cardinals. And they're a two-touchdown-plus favorite against David Blau. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's, I shouldn't say there's no way, but it's extremely unlikely the Niners are going to lose to the Cardinals. So it looks like it's going to be the Giants and the Vikings. But, I mean, Minnesota... You make it sound like going in there is going to be an easy thing because you played competitively last time. And that kind of plays to my point is if you go beat the Eagles or play competitively against the Eagles, maybe you feel like you could beat them. Don is in Fort Lee. What's up, Don? Yeah, how you doing, Sal? Good, Don. Uh, how are you? Great to, good. Great to talk to you again. So I'm a, die, a couple points I want to make. I'm a diehard Giants fan as well. And now, a couple of things. Um, Reggie, I kind of agree. The way he made the point, I maybe wouldn't have said it in that in that manner. Um, a couple. So in 2007, I went to that game against the Patriots when they played very competitively. Mm-hmm. It's my recollection that they were not yet in the playoffs, and that they had they went into that game needing to win that game in their mind. No, That's they better. did. They did not have to because the the whole debate leading up to that week was should they play their starters or not. So they were already in the playoffs. Okay, they were in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't remember the exact circumstance, but I remember the big story was that. 
Should they play their starters or not? Should they rest their players? And they didn't. Tom Coughlin said, no, we're playing our guys. Simple as that. And they went out there and almost beat the undefeated Patriots. And think about what that did for that team when they then again met up. The equivalent would be if they met, if they went out there and played hard against Philadelphia and were competitive against them, the belief would be that you could go out there and maybe beat Philadelphia. What happens if you see them again in the postseason? No, I know your point. Now, in that game in 2007, it absolutely, without a doubt, buoyed their confidence and got them over the mm-hmm. hump. No, no question. But at the same time, I firmly believe that if the Patriots are not trying to be 19 and 0 perfect season, that they would have been resting guys down the stretch and they probably win the Super Bowl. That Maybe, but we've seen them. we've seen the Colts do this before, where they rested guys and then they come out there flat in the postseason. There is no perfect formula. I think it's dependent on the team, dependent on the circumstance. You know, which guys, you know, if Daniel Jones seems to get hurt more often than others, maybe you want to rest him. I get it. I don't think there's a perfect answer for it. And guess what? No matter what happens, you can second guess it. If the Giants don't play their starters and go out there and lose to Minnesota, people are going to say, see, I told you, should have played the starters. If they do play the starters and somebody gets hurt, see, I told you, they should have rested everybody. So there is no perfect answer beforehand. I probably would not play scared because resting guys does not necessarily mean they're not going to get hurt. You can't prevent injury from happening. At some point, they're going to take the football field, whether it's on the practice field, whether it's in a game in the wild card round. Anything could happen at any given moment. You can't protect everybody. Somebody's got to play. I mean, they could lose some play- They could lose some of their backup players. That could hurt them too. So what, what do you want to do? Just, just forfeit the game? doesn't work like that. Well, let me make a, another another point with, with regard to this. So, the Giants right now is presently constructed. This is the healthiest they've been all season. They've got continued to, to gain healthy guys back, key players that is. So the team is quite different than they were in a lot of those games that they lost. Now, now their confidence is probably peaking right now. Um, I don't like the risk return when it comes to playing these guys because they're going to if they get a key player or two injured against Philadelphia, which in a meaningless game in my mind. They're going to get killed in the press. Why did they play Barkley? Why did they play Jones? They had this opportunity to do something in the playoffs. Now they, he's got this guy's hurt. It's over. You know what I mean? Right, but you're, you're assuming that they're going to get hurt. I mean, we're in week 18 and they've been fine all we, all year. I yeah, mean, it's just the, the nature and the violence of the game. It's just even playing guys and not getting hurt, you're getting battered out there every week. So when you have two weeks to recover and get guys healthier, I think you go into the playoffs as a healthier team. All right, so you'd be, that's, that's fine. So you don't want to play them. You'd rest them then. I would rest them. But another point I want to make is um, throughout the season, you were you were never a Daniel Jones guy. Has your opinion changed on him? And if so, what are your thoughts about Daniel Jones now? At Not, this time? I, I don't know if it, I would say it changed. Thanks for the call, Don. I appreciate checking in. It's a – okay, there are many layers to the Daniel Jones argument. Number one, I've watched him for three years and have been frustrated for three years watching him. So I was beyond over Jones – Going into this fourth year, Brian Dable had the opportunity to get the most out of Daniel Jones, and I think that he did. What I've always liked about Jones, and I've said this consistently, even though I don't think he's a great quarterback, is that I love his intangibles. I love his attitude. I love his toughness. I love his makeup. All those different things. I think he's got that presence. He's got that leadership ability. Those were things that I liked about him. The comparison that I always come up with was Ryan Tannehill. And 
I never liked Ryan Tannehill. I think Jones is better than Tannehill. I never liked Ryan Tannehill, but I've but Tannehill has won. You know, with the Titans, they've won some games and been good in the playoffs and been a consistent regular season team for the most part. Obviously, this year it, it's not looking good. Although they still you know have a chance to win that division down into the final week. But Daniel Jones has shown improvement. He has shown consistency. He has been solid this year, protecting the football, making smart decisions. No quarterback is perfect. There have been limited opportunities to throw the football down the field. That's by design. Some would say that's because they don't have wide receivers. I think others would say it's because they don't trust Daniel Jones to drop back and throw it 40 times. That's not his strength. And the way that I would say it, regardless of what your opinion is of Daniel Jones, here are the facts. The facts are, in year four, under Brian Dable's leadership, Daniel Jones led this team to the postseason. That's a fact. So could he be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback? Is he elite? Where does he rank in the top 10? Whatever, top 15? Who gives a crap? Right now, Daniel Jones is a a quarterback who led his team to the postseason. You look around at a lot of the quarterback player on the league, it's not very good. And that was something that I noticed early on this year. Maybe, I don't know, I forget the exact week, five, six weeks in, maybe a little bit sooner. Who knows? But you look around at the league and I'm saying, ah, Daniel Jones isn't that good. Daniel Jones isn't that good. But then you look at some of the quarterbacks around the league and you're thinking, well, he may not be that good, but damn, he's better than half the league. I think he's solid. I also believe that there's another level that he's going to have to get to to get this team to win a Super Bowl. He's not, to me, at that level of Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. Now, you could also make the argument, and I'm sure Giant fans are going to because they've made it before, well, he doesn't have the weapons around him. Okay, well, eventually we'll get to a point, whether it's next year or beyond, where everything is going to be complete or as close to complete as it could be with the outside pieces. Improved offensive line, tight end, wide receivers, better defense, and we'll see. I think Daniel Jones is solid. And they can clearly win with him at quarterback. Now it's a matter of, well, how far can they go? How big can they win with him? I I also know that they're not built well enough around him right now, whether that is the defense, whether it is the, is the skilled position players. They're not built well enough around him to be a legitimate Super Bowl team, like some may think. But I, I don't know many people who would still say that Daniel Jones is not a quality quarterback. He's solid is the word that I would use. And he proved that he could stay healthy, which I think is a good thing. He smartened up. Joey is calling from North Jersey. What's up, Joey? Hey, how you doing today? How are you? Good, man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Joey. What's on your mind? Listen, first off, uh, to that uh, Buffalo Bills player. DeMar Hamlin, yeah. Yeah, I hope Darren, he keeps his head up. Uh, kudos to the medical staff. Those guys worked real quick and they were there. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, they, they've they've shown signs of, or, or Hamlin has shown signs of improvement here, so it's going to be, uh, you know, a long process back to healthier, but we hope eventually he gets there. It doesn't matter how long it takes. You want him to get there eventually, and at least over the last, you know, couple of days, it seems like there's some positive news. And you got to remember, though, Sal, the heart is a muscle. Mm-hmm. You got to give it a chance to uh, recoup right. and work. And they'll be better. As to, you know, I'm in the same situation as Giants and uh, with my Cowboys. Okay. You know, do you sit them? Do you do you play them? To me personally, you play them. These are athletes. But they you're not you're not way. you're not in the same situation necessarily because Dallas can still get the they can still win the NFC East and get the top seed. Now it's unlikely, but that can still happen. Yeah. But you got to play them. They're athletes, and you can't go in playing soft because you're going to get hurt then. That's where you're going to get hurt, right? When you, you don't put out your hundred percent, right? When you go out so there playing not play, to not to get hurt, you end exactly. up getting hurt. Either you're playing or you're sitting. But I would treat the game as to the Giants fans. I would treat the game like the fourth game of a preseason game. Play the half, come out of halftime with the adjustments and then just start taking the players out. Yeah, see, I don't know if I like that theory, Joey, and thank you for the call. And I think you, well, you bring up something that made me think of something interesting. Let's say the Giants could have moved up from the sixth seed to the fifth seed with a win. Then what? Do you play hard? Or do you just say, well, who cares? We're in the postseason five, six, seven, or whatever. You, you could fall back to the seventh seed if you lost. They happen to be locked in, so we know that, that can't happen. But let's just say hypothetically, if the Giants lost, they could fall to the seventh seed. If they won, they could get up to the fifth seed. Then what would be the mentality? Because to me, if your mentality then would be, well, you got to play these guys, then I'd still have that same mentality that they got to play. And I'd hate the idea of just giving up a game to keep guys healthy for seeding. And I know right now there is no seeding on the line. But to me, is there really that big of a difference of the fifth seed, sixth seed, seventh seed? So why then? Well, well, if if the if seeding matter, then we should. You got to play guys. To me, it wouldn't be like that. I I think you should play the guys regardless and end up wherever you end up and try to keep that momentum going into the playoffs. Because Dallas can say the same thing. Yeah, technically they have something to play for, but it's not likely. It's not likely that Dallas is going to go out there and win that division. Philadelphia would have to obviously lose to the Giants, which right now they're two touchdown favorites. I mean, maybe the Giants don't play anybody. Dallas themselves you know, would have to, have to beat Washington and then to get the top seed... Could they still get the top seed, Fleegs, if uh, San Fran lost? Right? Dallas could get the number one seed if they beat Washington. Philadelphia loses to the Giants, and uh, San Fran lost to Arizona. Now, the, the likelihood of all three of those things happening are very, very slim. So then what happens if Mike McCarthy says, hey, you know what? Odds are we're not going to win anyway. Let's just rest our starters. Like, that to me just doesn't make any sense. I'm just not of that belief. I think that that's a scared mentality. And I saw Coughlin do it, and it worked to perfection. And I've seen others do it, Tony Dungy, and it hasn't worked. 
I don't know. It's a fascinating debate. I don't think there is a wrong answer to it. It's just what your preference would be. And then obviously we'll base it off the result. We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. Knicks with an impressive victory last night. I mean, look, the Knicks are what they are. They're at least more watchable with Jalen Brunson at the point guard spot. They finally have a point guard. It's refreshing to see a guy who can actually bring the ball up. My favorite play in that game last night was down the stretch. Randall just taking the ball, you know, uh, getting the ball from uh, getting the ball in bounds there, and he, he grabs it and. Flips it over to Brunson and lets Brunson bring the ball up the court. How refreshing is that as opposed to Randall trying to dribble it up the floor and turning it over or down the stretch, having the ball in his hands. I'm not knocking Randall's. He's been terrific this year and good effort, and you, you love to see that. But it's refreshing to see him just get the ball in bounds and hand it over to Jalen Brunson and let a point guard bring the ball up the floor. And then, obviously, his ability to score within the paint and knock down some short little jumpers. Brunson has been terrific. He had a career high 38 last night and the Knicks victory over the Spurs. So oh, Knicks uh, 21 and 18, eh, maybe they could be a top six team in the Eastern conference. And, you know, by then you start to talk about the seating. We'll get into that and see where the Knicks uh, end up in the postseason if that's the case. But eh, maybe they'll give us something not as exciting as it was two years ago where they came out of nowhere to be the fourth seed. But at least they're respectable, which is better than the 17-win trash that we've seen the majority of times over the last 20-plus years. Josh is calling from Yonkers. What's up, Josh? All right, Sal, and uh, you were great during the morning show. You were magnanimous. And uh, first thing I just want to say about Alex Rebechkin, unbelievable, this guy, the way he's scoring. I believe he just broke the record for the most goals by a 37-year-old after 46 games. I mean, they're really breaking these records down now. Um, uh, I would say when it comes to the Giants, those Giant coaches sitting there when they don't tell the media or the players, listen, we're not as good as these other teams. We might as well play this game, keep everybody sharp. Anybody who has any nagging injuries, they won't play in the game. This way we'll be ready to go. For, for, for the first round of the playoffs. You read, you correctly said you could get stale, taking off a week or two and waiting around. Players get antsy. These are professional athletes. So I would say definitely play your regulars. And late in the game, maybe to starting in the third quarter, into the fourth quarter, I would start pulling guys out of the game. But keep the team fresh. Keep them active. Now, the thing I worry about the most is with the Giants and even with the Jets, both of them, the offensive line to me is horrendous. The offensive line is a two-piece monster. You've got to be able to protect the run and the pass. Yeah, no, we know the offensive line is important. Thank you for the call, Josh. Appreciate you checking in. Let's just stick to whether they should play the players, the starters or not. 
you know, if you want to tell me that you're going to go into the game on Sunday against Philadelphia and play your starters and the idea is we're going full bore right here, practice the way that you would going into a regular week, we're playing guys, and then throughout the course of the game, whether the score gets out of hand, whether you just want to give guys rest in the fourth quarter, pull them, different story. Now, if the game is a close game and you want to try to win that game, maybe you keep them in. Maybe you let the game dictate how you handle it. I'm okay with that. But going into the game, I just feel like it sends a bad message to the team resting your starters. It's not a bye week. And by the way, sometimes bye weeks can do harm. It's a regular season week against a team that they may be seeing again in the postseason. Matter of fact, if things go well, they will see Philadelphia again. You don't think it's important to try to send a message to them? To try to send a message to the Giants themselves? You know, whether you want to whether the Giants want to send that message to Philadelphia to uh Philadelphia, whether they want to, you know, have themselves believe. I, I think there's more positives that can come out of playing your regulars, your starters. Then there are negatives. Yeah, and you could get hurt at any point. Daniel Jones could have gotten hurt last week. That's life. That's football. I get it that you try, you want to keep these guys safe and healthy. It's just not reality sometimes. That's why we talk about the sports gods. Luck is involved. Steve is calling from Long Island. What's up, Steve? Hey, Sal. Missed you uh, while you were uh, doing the other gig. I want to talk about uh, Salah, but I just want to say, with respect to Jones, uh, when you compared him to Tannehill, if I'm a coach and I have both players on the bench, I'm going with Tannehill. I think Tannehill all around is a better uh, player. Obviously, I'm talking about when they're both healthy mm-hmm. at the top of the game. But you I think Tannehill's a better player? Yeah, I think Tannehill's. A, I, I would go. Yeah, I think Tannehill's. A, yeah, I would disagree with you there. I think they're similar. I, I just Tannehill stinks. I yeah, can't stand. It. It's interesting. I know I, I uh, have a friend who's a big Dolphins fan, and when Tannehill was down there, he was going crazy. Everything was Tannehill's fault. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it wasn't Tannehill's fault because he's done fairly well with the Titans. But in any event, that's not really what I'm calling. Um, with respect to Salah, he, here's the way I see it. Um, if I, I, I hear your point that uh, they should only uh, uh, remove Salah with, uh, with uh, if they were able to hire as a uh, an experienced, successful coach. I, I don't agree with that. I feel that if they if there's someone out there, whether it be McVeigh on the Rams, if they part ways and he becomes available, you grab him. But if there's someone in the college ranks who they feel is the next top flight NFL coach, yeah, I'm not going college again. Other than uh, Harbaugh, and I don't even look at him as co- I, I, uh, college. I, I look at him as NFL. But th- this is the way I see it overall. Oh, bottom line, with Salah, and I, and I, and I compare it to Dayball, if I'm the Giants, I don't care if Andy Reid or Shanahan or the elite NFL coaches of today, if any of them become available, I am not replacing Dayball anyway. You know, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting way to put that out there. Just the but feel I'm- after one year. You're right. There's no way the Giants would trade Brian Dayball for anybody right now. Everybody's excited about him. He's done a great job getting this team to the postseason, right or wrong. I mean, you could say that Bill Belichick could come available, and right now the Giants fans are like, no, 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 we want Brian Dable, which is fine. That's their own guy. You don't get that sense with Robert Sala. You, yeah, yeah. you, and I don't know if it's just because he's a defensive guy. 
um, uh, no. you know, lacking the <laughs> offense or just, just because the Jets have so many question marks that you want to alleviate one at head coach with a real head coach, a known commodity. It's more than that, Sal. The last two games, the Jacksonville game and uh, the last game, uh, the uh, the Jets didn't show up. That, that, those are ve- that's a very bad sign. Yeah, they've had bad injuries, though. They have no quarterback. I mean, they, they've had. It's not like Robert Sala. See, the Jets have an organizational issue here, Stephen. Thank you for the call. They are a dysfunctional organization. I don't think there's any other way to say it. How many franchises have ruined top-pick quarterbacks? And they've done that in the span of a couple of years with both Darnold and Zach Wilson. Remember, for the Jets, it was all about, oh, man, they need to be able to be in that spot to get that top pick. Sam Darnold was the guy that almost everybody wanted. They lucked out. They got him. The Giants somehow took a running back number two overall, even though they needed the quarterback. The Jets had their guy. If you if the Jets drafted Josh Allen, what do you think would have happened? You think Josh Allen will be as good as he is right now? And the Jets would be on the same path as the Bills? I don't. So does that mean that it's Darnold, it's Wilson, it's Allen, or is it the Jets organization? What do you think of that, Marco? If Josh Allen was drafted by the Jets instead of Sam Darnold, wh- where would he be right now? On the scrap heap. <laughs> I mean, right? An inaccurate quarterback with all the concerns that you had coming out of the draft. Fumbling, being reckless at times. Yep. Strong arm, but never makes the right decision. Throws too many interceptions. No. He would be on the scrap heap. Look, the Jets have done themselves no favors in this. And it started last year. Look, it started with Sam Darnold from the beginning. Look, I'm a big proponent. It's okay to start a rookie quarterback week one when they're ready. The Jets did it twice with two guys that clearly just were not ready. They just were not ready. And you anointed them with no competition at any point. You had Teddy Bridgewater there for 30 seconds. He played awesome in the preseason. You said, the hell with it. We're going to Sam Darnold. Wasn't ready. Showed it. And to Fleek's point, they did it with Sanchez two years ago. The difference was that team was sound everywhere else, which is why I continue to bring up the example this year. They're not. For the mm-hmm. people that were saying, oh, they're a quarterback away, they're not. The defense wasn't like it was in 09 or 2010. No. The run no. game the run game and the offensive line was nowhere near what it was in 2009-2000, which is why Sanchez had success. And, and again, now, in fairness, Vera Tucker being gone mm-hmm. and, and Hall. Like, Result, there, yeah. there were some issues there, again, but it still comes back to last year. They took Zach Wilson and threw him in as the number one quarterback without any competition of any kind, without any type of... I mean, the Flacco stuff, whatever you want to call it, they just handed him the job. Then they turn around this year, and they're talking about, well, his footwork's not right, and, you know, maybe the guys don't really rally around him. Well, maybe you shouldn't have just given him the job, and you maybe should have worked on his footwork his rookie year. Like, all this off-platform nonsense that we hear all the time. Mm. Stop worrying about, it's almost like the Russell Wilson thing of this year. Stop trying to make every play the big play. Can you sustain a drive? Right, just make plays. Can just, you can you can you start with step one before we worry about your doctorate degree? When I, when I watched, and look, we've all watched enough football to where you, you could see certain things. But when I watched Zach Wilson his first game, I thought to myself, "Whoa, this is like he's there's rookies and there's this was pre K to me. He wasn't even ready to play at a rookie level in the NFL. 
How the hell could they not see that? So the organization failed him. I'm not saying it's the sole reason why he's no good. Maybe he isn't any good. Maybe Zach Wilson wouldn't be good in another spot. Who knows? What I do know is this. The Jets have routinely failed their quarterbacks. Yes. You can't tell me that all of them suck. No, no, no. No, no, no. Again, the Jets have really hurt Zach Wilson. The biggest thing that I put on Zach Wilson, his play has not been good. We know that. That's obvious. The players don't like him. Yeah. That's the problem for me. That I don't know if he can get back. Right. You can fix footwork. You can fix, let's get in there. Let's film it. Let's get your confidence back. Like, we can build you back up. If guys don't like you, how the hell do you get them to rally around you? Because you can't be the quarterback without being the leader. They go hand in hand. So how do we get Zach Wilson to get the locker room back? And this is not a kumbaya, let's sit around and hold hands and try to figure it out. And it's not a bowling trip that's going to get it. They don't like you. That's your personality. That's who you are, your essence. They don't like you. He's got to grow up is what he has to do. I don't know how you fix that, Sal. And I don't know how that fixes. People could change. You learn, hey, I I understand why you guys don't like me because I'm a spoiled brat. I acted selfishly, whatever it may be. Somewhere else. Yeah, you don't think in the same. I don't know. Look, and maybe equate this, and maybe this is not the best comparison, but we've all had people that we've worked with, right? Mm -hmm. That you work with them. Yeah, anybody in mind? They're immature. Is there anybody in mind right now? No, no, no. Come on, there's going to be somebody in mind. Name and name. They're immature. You don't like them. It's been a couple years. Like, you just just don't like the people, right? And you can see. Who do we got? One of these update guys on the network or something? You can see that they're trying to change. Am I getting warm? Now, if you go to another job. And you've changed, and you become a different person. You start with a clean slate, and people don't get on you. But do you ever really look at that person? If you didn't like them for two years, do you ever really like them? Right. If they were, in your eyes, a bad person or not, then no, you're right. I don't know the exact inner workings there. To me, it was more of a guy who needs to be humbled. Like, oh, who does this guy think he is? He's been handed everything. He needs to be humbled. And I think, to a certain extent, he has been humbled. Now it's on him to understand why there was an issue. He can't just pretend like, oh, yeah, I was humble. Like, he's actually got to feel it. Right. But the bigger point, and obviously that's a, a major factor, and I think that's why, in fact, he was benched after New England as opposed to the performance. The bigger the bigger point, and we talk about this with franchise quarterbacks all the time, Patrick Mahomes is great, right? Mm-hmm. But he also was set up perfectly oh, yeah. to succeed mm-hmm. with Andy Reid, sat a year under Alex Smith, had the weapons around him, he was inserted into a spot that there were no question marks or very little question marks around him. Nobody doubted the head coach. Nobody doubted the guy that he learned under. Nobody doubted the weapons that they Mm -hmm. had. Here you go, kid. Let's see what you got. And what happened? Wow, he succeeded. Can he pick it? You see him with the Steelers. They're not going to rush people along. The Steelers do this with every position. They, They have a sound organization that has been what it's been for... 30 friggin' years. There's no turnover, whatever it may be. They insert guys into their system and let them go be themselves. And it it works. Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. Like, you think if Lamar Jackson went to the Jets or really anywhere else, like, he would be having the same success? No, again, there there are reasons why there are certain franchises that consistently win and consistently produce good players. Because they know how to get the best out of their guys. And I I mean, you've seen it on the other side of town with, with Dable, with Brian, with Daniel Correct. Jones. Perfect example. He know he's figured out what he does well. And then eventually what you want to now see is put him in the right spot, do what he does well, make him succeed. Then he gets the confidence. Then he could take the next step and start to make not just the regular plays, the 
The then, big plays. Then the next stuff, right? That's and the then next you step. can become elite at right, some so, point if you can take that next step. But I need to get you in the right position first. This is basically year one. Right. Let's and, build, and that's what the Jets have not done with any of their quarterbacks. you got to build the foundation. They don't do that. They, they go straight for the home run. Yes. Here you, you go. Let's see what you, you got. can't do it that way. Oh, my God. And you could ruin them so many times. And we've seen it so many times over that they continue to do it. It's very frustrating. But it's something to think about that, hey, if Josh Allen was selected instead of Sam Darnold, now, I do think Josh, Donald, uh, Josh Allen is better than Sam Darnold. But, no but, doubt. But, right. again, when, we, when when Josh Allen started in Buffalo, there were questions after the first couple of years. Is this that, guy really that's the guy? That's the point. Like, obviously, you know, people hear me say, yeah, no crap, you idiot. Of course he's better. That, that's not what I meant. The point is, if you take them both at their worst, just raw, clearly Allen has proved <coughs> – excuse me. Right, but Allen again – Allen's proven to be better. He has, but, again, in the beginning – Allen had as many warts as you've seen from Darnold and you've seen it Zach Wilson at times. Now, is it as bad? No. But it was still the idea that there was nothing polished about Josh Allen. And at the end of his rookie year, you saw talent, but you weren't blown away. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes where he got on the right. field. You're like, oh, this is obvious. Like, it wasn't like that. You saw arm talent, but you saw a lot of mistakes. Yeah, there was it took to year three. the football, right? It took to year three where it was automatic. This is an MVP kind of guy. How did you get to year three? And they hired the right coach. They put the right pieces around him. They built him up properly. The Jets aren't doing that. They haven't done that. Uh, you know, that's where coaching comes into play on all this stuff. It's not just the X's and O's on Sunday, but it's it's all week at practice. Like I said, I mean, I'm sorry. Some of that Zach Wilson stuff where you're talking about, we got to go back to basics. What the hell have you been doing for two years? Right. That's not just Zach Wilson forgot his footwork. No. You're not drilling it into him. You didn't make it where it was automatic, where it was like brushing his teeth. You failed him. Right. Yeah. He didn't help himself, but you failed him. Agreed. And I think that you could say that for a lot of quarterbacks, and unfortunately a lot of them were with the Jets. 